Welcome back to Homework with Friends, the homework show, episode 82. Episode 82, jump on in, baby. But uh, I'm Logan. I'm Dalton. This is Homework with Friends. This is a show where two pals assign each other homework to comedic results. And the catchphrase is sticking. Everybody loves it so far. Uh, no, we thought of a new catchphrase last week. What was the new catchphrase again? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was like, come for the homework, stay for the something. Oh, come for the homework, stay for the jokes. Yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah, I like the two pounds of sign of homework to comedic results. Yeah. I'm sticking with it. Stick with it. Dalton, how the hell are you? I'm hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't seen much of you today. No, I bet. Sometimes I have op- quite opposite schedules. Very opposite schedules. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to report. Not a whole lot to report? No. You know, I was afraid of that. You know you know what I got in store for us? What? I got a new segment. What is it? Well, it's actually not even a new segment. It's an old segment. So you know how we had the guests on a couple times? Yeah. One thing I liked was the homework hot seat. The homework hot seat. I liked the homework hot seat, and I figured... You know, we shoot the shit at the beginning of the show. If you're, if this is your first episode, this is the rapport building section. Yes. Skip to around minute 15 or 20 if you want to get to the facts, Jack. That's another good catchphrase. It's a little wordy. A bit wordy, but... Skip to 15 or 20 minutes in. Skip to want... 15 to 20 minutes if you want to get to the facts, Jack. But I feel like we've kind of fallen a little bit into the podcast routine of the beginning. And we might be running out of stuff sometimes. So. Running out. Uh, homework hot seat would be uh, we take turns putting each other on the spot for a little hot seat question, school related, okay, life related, lesson related. Is that me in the hot seat this week? I'm guessing. Well, you can you can go back and forth. You oh. can think of a hot seat question, spin it right back. I'll try my best. He's gonna try his best out there, folks. And get in tune for the homework hot seat. Uh, if we had a music sound effect, this is where it would go right now. And it goes, boing, 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 boing. What are we trying to portray? <laughs> with the homework hot seat. It's radio. <laughs> it's radio, baby. <laughs> Theater of the mind. All right, ready for the homework hot seat? Yeah. So not all these have to be, you know, salacious or anything or, or, or too intense. I, I, here's my thing. I want to wholesome one. About what? Well, I want to learn. Tell me. So Dalton, Dalton out there, if you don't know, out in listening land. He popped around some colleges. He, yeah, he tuned into some different things. Uh, did Baldwin Wallace? Did the Fire Academy? Yeah. Uh, did Kent State to wrap things up? You're a searcher. Searcher. So I want to <laughs> think about <laughs> all your experience going through school. Yeah. Uh, college from 2010 to 2016. 20... 2016. Six years, baby. Uh, what you know? What's the biggest lesson you learned about school and your search? Uh, biggest lesson I learned. I so this is stolen a little bit directly from the Mormon religion. Mm. <laughs> you know, this is a wild card. Didn't see this coming. <laughs> uh, so I've heard some other people talk about this, and I completely agree with it. I think that. As great as it is to to go to college, knock it out in four in your four years, and be done by twenty one, twenty two, I think that people need to experience what college is like in your like mid twenties uh. when you learn to like question things a little bit more, and you learn to to appreciate what you're learning about and and stuff like that. And so the the 
the two year gap kind of like I dug it. Like it was great. Like I I came into Kent State with a whole new perspective on things, and so like the for more a lot of the Mormon religion, if they stick to it, will go to college for two years and they'll go on like a two year mission. Oh, and, and then they'll finish kinda, up college. Yeah, and then they'll come back and finish up their their next two years. Oh, so. Uh, one of my best friends from high school, I think I touched on this, was uh, was Mormon, and he did that. So we could, we ended up finishing college at the same like time. Hey, nice. Yeah, uh, but I think that it like it gives you time to like if you had the if you had the ability and you you've worked for it to to do those two years and then try to like save up and maybe travel a good amount for like a couple years and like get some actual life experience and not <laughs> experience around a, like a little campus bubble yeah where you like are going through some of your pretty formative years um yeah it just it, around the same people dealing with like arguably just more high school drama and bullshit that comes with college yeah i mean and we went to a small school so we kind of had that vibe where you, yeah. you couldn't really not that we needed to escape anyone but, but you, I, I i to be honest kent state's a really a pretty big school in i saw the same stuff well that's there. what I, well that's what i mean i yeah. think i think that's the other thing too with even a large university you still get some of my best friends just had not just in a bad way but had the same network of friends their entire college career with the yeah. same kind of like weird drama that small school people experience mm-hmm. or whatever that I think small school people don't realize all the time. Like you don't know that many more people at a bigger school. Sometimes you no. know less people. You deal with the same kind of shit. And, yeah. Uh, so I think that, you know, I was able to, to do some other cool stuff. I've been in a burning building. I've helped resuscitate a person. Like and this was I, all at BW. Right? Yeah, <laughs> this was before I even took those two years off. Uh, this is at the Fire Academy for those out there and wondering. EMT school, an EMT school. Yeah, right. So I know a lot more. Like, yeah, like I, I also have a bachelor's degree, just like most a lot of my other friends. But I know a lot of stuff that they would not know. How to do. <laughs> uh, but I was also able to get out of Ohio for a little while and experience a new place. And I um, I just think that I, w- I was able to, instead of maybe just pushing through and finishing with a major that I was originally going for mm-hmm. that I didn't quite enjoy, but I thought, like, this is what I was wanted to do in high school. This is what I should be doing now. Yeah. I was able to figure out what I actually dug learning about and doing and came back and did just exponentially better at Kent State because I I realized that like oh I'm really good at doing creative stuff I'm really good at writing papers and speeches I'm good at talking in front of people and I just none of my classes at BW were that I was just in a lot of science classes that I despised yeah doing. like I just absolutely hated them and like would have to like just forcibly make myself study and couldn't retain a ton because I just hated it yeah that makes sense. And um, then when you came back a little bit older, were you straight crushing it in class compared to everybody else? Uh, no, I wouldn't say com- crushing it compared to everybody <laughs> else. Like, I did really well, but I also like am still me, so I I put in the amount of effort that I needed to to do well, you know. <laughs> um, because I just as uh, I also just do have problems with some higher education stuff. Yeah, uh, in general, for everyone. Yeah, I just think that some of it's so goddamn silly. Yeah, that you pay all this money to like for two years to learn about 
bunch of ran- random stuff and i did love my like random classes that we took mm-hmm. uh and i loved um just learning about stuff that that uh i wouldn't necessarily have gotten in my major like history classes and art classes and all that but i think that there's a way to do it that's better instead of requiring strict stuff in each scenario like there's this is like an old argument there's just no absolutely no reason for me to take a math or science class like i think you're gonna test like what was like you took uh quote-unquote rocks for jacks i took rocks for jacks baby what is the point like you spent i got to hang out with some sand uh i poured some water down (laughs) some ice to see how it cracked but you spent 15 weeks of your life (laughs) oh for no reason yeah baby i think there's a way to like require a certain amount of electives but give the like more freedom to just choose those and not have such a strict like core at a lot of colleges yeah and I get it's it's developing you as a person. It's developing like problem solving skills with math and stuff. But there's other things that you should be allowed to take that can do the same exact stuff. Got it. And you know what? So to tie that advice up in a bow, uh, do two, take two, <laughs> do two, take two. Do two. <laughs> now, uh, do whatever makes you feel happy. Don't feel the pressure. I don't. I have no. I'm very happy with how I, I finished up school. Like I. Don't feel the pressure to to get your your four years in because that's what everybody else is doing. It, it just like it doesn't have to be your thing. Like you make it what you want. Like, yeah, that's actually a good point. Just a weird... fucking like either like and if, even if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Like some of our I know very successful people who did not go to college. You know, yeah, a lot just of do don't. do what you want, man. Figure out figure it out for yourself. Don't don't feel the pressure from everybody else. That was a weird thing too, and I I guess I I get the virtue of it because parents when they send kids to school they want to like make sure that they're graduating in a timely manner and, and, and schools want to make sure. But yeah. our university, BW, uh, Baldwin Wallace up in Cleveland, they started branding around this four-year graduation guarantee. Yeah. And I get it because it's like an attractive thing to people who want to fill out a, a list and they want to have this set track. And the guarantee was all around, like, if we don't get you done in four years, but it was our fault because we didn't have the classes for you or mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. All the rest of the classes are on us, baby. But it was kind of like no one ever was going to qualify for that because the only people no. who – like I, don't, I doubt anybody got a free class at BW because of that. But they were still branding around and I, I wonder if anybody was even salivating it, looking at those billboards going, oh, man, four years guaranteed? Whoa. Yeah. Like – uh it's a it's an odd virtue especially for like a liberal arts college to be like you finish in this amount of time Mm -hmm. like you would think it'd be like man you could just hunt around for as long as you want buddy we got all the classes here yeah but eh, when the case um and we have some other very successful friends who who did similar to what i do like we we had a friend who went to ohio state for a little bit and then ended up coming back to vw and like i think maybe took time off in between there yeah um it's just like it, like you're not going to be unsuccessful if you if you do stuff in an unconventional way and i think that's a beautiful way to put it that was dalton's homework hot seat there you go guys Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that was good yeah. i i was not prepared for that but it's a that's the hot seat part yeah maybe that's the magic <laughs> that's the beauty of live podcasting baby yeah I said, ba- I think I've said baby about four or five times. Man, you say five. baby so much. Ugh. For any of you out there who are tired of Logan saying baby, tweet at homework pod, pod baby. Has- <laughs> hashtag no more babies. Hashtag but a couple more babies. But a couple more babies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, cool. I 
want me to ask you a question? Am I supposed to have one for you? Hey, put me on the hot seat, man. All right, uh, give me a second. Do something to entertain everybody while I'm thinking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Logan's Entertainment Corner. Uh, so on the base on the wait, uh, you already got a question? I already got a question. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think Dalton just saved you all from about a minute and a half of riffing. Uh, so uh, on topic of colleges, are there any? Is there any path for for college or places that you not? And this is like in a world where you're not allowed to go to BW. Yeah, that you kind of would have like to have explored or colleges you would have liked to go, like go to different majors. Yeah, for like sure. That. Yeah. Um, so, or even things in college that you didn't do that you would have Whoa. maybe liked to do. You know, this question's getting packed up. Yeah, man. I'm getting on the hot seat. Let's go. <laughs> Woo, this is hot. Um, yeah, uh, of course. Absolutely. So speaking of BW, once again, it was, and they are a sponsor of this episode. <laughs> Uh, they're a private college. They're waiving all of Logan's uh, student loans oh, for, God. For, for the sponsorship. I, I, I would I would quit my job tomorrow. <laughs> um, but so it's a private college in my yeah. home state. So really, if I'm looking at it at an economic standpoint, I I wasn't like saving any of that in-state tuition, mm-hmm. which is the smartest reason to go to school in your state. Yeah. And I really didn't have a huge benefit to go to that specific school because it wasn't like I got a killer scholarship. I kind of just like went there and it was close to where my brother went to school at Case Western. And then it was a nice drive for like my mom. So I yeah. went there for a couple of visits when we go see Marshall. And I, I like the campus and I, and I do like the school. So if if I was going to take that same mentality of going to like a private school, I would have gone to like an equitably priced university yeah literally anywhere else in the country for a little bit mm-hmm. you know what i mean can like we, can we take a pause real quick what what a racket out of state tuition is like yeah. you are like the the whole basis is like you're already like you're coming here to give us money which you're already gonna have to pay more because you have to come from out of state yeah so you you have to you have to you owe us more money yeah it's wild <laughs> it should be cheaper for out-of-state people honestly <laughs> <laughs> to bring in the immigrants yeah from other countries, yeah from other states all right but continue. i mean i get the tax stuff but yeah. so anyway so i would have i would probably like explore some private universities somewhere else if i was gonna go private mm. or maybe even the same cost of an out-of-state school i think i would have been a little bit more scrutinous in my college examination mm-hmm. i think i would have maybe put a little bit more time into it yeah uh and as far as like the path i went i don't know because i was a film major in school and i mean the program at bw for film wasn't great so i probably would have taken a little bit more time and found like a film program that worked for me Mm -hmm. especially knowing the investment i put into it later so that's any advice to anybody who's looking at school right now take just five seconds and think about it more (laughs) even to the people who are just like i'm going to to use our home state i'm going to ohio state yeah I'm going to Ohio State. They probably have a lot of high school students listening to this. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, and you, you're right. You probably can't miss. It's a big state school. It's a yeah. great institution. But like, is it going to have what you want? You can literally go wherever you want right now if you have the means to do yeah. the loans and stuff. But then again, some people are a little bit more regionally locked. Um, there is a school in North Carolina, the North Carolina School of the Arts. Okay. That I think I would have checked out. Where's that at? Um, where I think it is it. I can't remember. I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Show me. <laughs> uh, but it's where a lot of more modern filmmakers have gone. They went there like in the nineties and it was, it's pretty affordable. Yeah. And they have like a master's track and a writing track and all that kind of stuff. I, I think I would have maybe tried to get more in a structured program like that. Yeah. Or screw it. Ohio state business, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I guess we're moving to North Carolina. Let's get those masters. Yeah, let's get those masters in NC. <laughs> uh, but no, well, to that same note, to, to round out the question, as far as uh, another route I could have gone was maybe actually going to, to college with some of my friends from high school, because I mm-hmm. did end up visiting them a lot, and I still love those guys. Yeah. So I wouldn't have met all my really, really good friends now, mm-hmm. uh, like the majority of my people yeah. I see the most right now. Homework with friends might be non-existent. It wouldn't. It probably <laughs> wouldn't. <laughs> so I'm grateful that I got to go to this college and make all these new friends. So yeah. the one thing I wouldn't do different is most likely going to a place where I knew no one. So if I'm going to wrap up, is that... Does that make sense, what I just said? I wouldn't do that different? No, because you did do that. So you're saying you liked that. I liked that. Okay. I like that! (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I guess if I'm going to wrap this homework uh, hot seat advice into one little bow, I'm going to say go somewhere a little out of your comfort zone where you don't know anyone. And... Do a little bit more research. And do do some research. (laughs) Do a little bit more research. Uh, It's always crazy to me. Not that I, I absolutely... If you're somebody that has done this, not that I ever judging you in the slightest, but it's crazy to me when I see my friend, like people I knew from high school that all like went to like a place like Ohio State together and like they're still best friends with just the people from high school. Like they maybe met a couple other people, but like they've just had like same best friends since age 14, 15, uh, just because I did make so many of my best friends now from college yeah it's a it's just a whole different experience i merged the best friends up i kept them both i i did too uh i think that i'm very bad at staying in touch with people (laughs) so but i do still consider a lot of my high school friends like my best friends but like i don't for me i don't have to talk to them regularly to to feel that at all that connection yeah i have a best friend from high school coming into town next weekend whoa and we talk maybe like once every six months at the most, and it's very brief. The last time I saw him was two years ago. Hey. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Friendship. Friendship. What do you know about it? All right. That concludes Homework Hot Seat. Homework Hot Seat. And also the beginning of the show, if you're just tuning back in, welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> to Just the Facts Corner. Just the Facts for the Jacks. Also known as Homework. The main part of the show. The, the, the name of the show. The namesake of the show. The titular <laughs> homework. So, Dalton, you're the head of the class from last week. I'll put it up to you. You want to go first, second? You know what? I made you go first last week. I'll go first this week. Okay. I'm flipping it to you, my man. I'm Democratic as you, oh, you can curse on this podcast. No, I'm I'm done with the explicit rating. We're done. You're done, uh, done swearing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll just make sure to not check that box. Just kidding. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... All right, so my homework was to to find a movie from some list, not very unspecific. Yeah, of the best movies of all time. Yes. Try to kind of aggregate them together. And then pick the movie that I wanted to watch the least, if I'm correct. <laughs> yeah. And then give like a little report on it. Yeah. Okay. 
So this was tough for me because I, as some people may know, some people may not, a bit of a movie person. He's a real cinema buff. Uh, and the main list that you would pro- like usually go to is the AFI, the American Film Institute's top 100. It's a good list. Yeah. But I have already gone through all that, and you wanted me to do a movie I hadn't seen. So I was kind of like, oh, shoot, like, what do I do? And keeping in line with movies that I wouldn't want to watch, I, I turned to the, uh, a list of a, of a site, an, an organization, a company that I have historically, ever since high school, just despised. I think it's a, a joke of a place, and I think that uh, if, if you get your, uh, if you take their, their facts into consideration when you're judging movies and stuff like that, I think that uh, good for you, but it's, it's, they're not good. It's a joke. This place is a joke. Who's this place? Uh, hopefully never a sponsor of this show that ends up listening to this, but Rotten Tomatoes. Oh! Uh, I think that their rating system is terrible. Tell, yeah, tell us about it. I just don't enjoy it. I just think it's bad. I don't think that they're good. <laughs> like, I don't think that they, they I don't <laughs> I, think that. I just think it's bad. I don't think that they And also they from, are not good. I don't think the ratings are pulled from very good sources. No, I agree. I think and, it's a not great place. No, and I just uh, so I went to their top movies of all time, and uh, had also seen a lot of those. Okay, but I found one, and it is a a silent film. Oh, it is called The Cabinet of Doctor Caligari. Oh, okay. Yeah, hey, that's some film history stuff. Yeah, right I had there. not seen it. It sits at number six. Are the top-rated movies of all time, or like their list of top-rated movies of all time? Really? Yeah. Huh. So, how many people are reviewing the cabinet of Dr. Caligari? You know, go Rotten Tomatoes, man. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But also, their their list was ludicrous. Like, yeah, their top movies of all time included like, like top twenties were like Toy Story and like fucking I don't even remember what else, but it was just nonsensical. Wow, that sounds miserable yeah i mean i didn't have to watch them all so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i already know that they're dumb so i didn't care um so yeah that's that's what i chose shall we we get into it let's get into it all right guys i'm gonna teach you about this movie uh so sitting at number six on the rotten tomatoes top movies of all time list the cabinet of dr caligari is a cult horror classic often considered the first horror movie ever made I'm I'm looking it up right now. It's a hundred percent fresh. Hundred percent fresh. What? Uh, director Robert Vine brings the life of the words of Hans Janowitz and Carl Meyer or Mayer to life with a style that inspired American films, particularly in the genre of horror and film noir. Ooh, this is a spooky episode. Yeah, introducing technique techniques such as a twist ending and the unreliable narrator to the language of narrative film. Ooh, mm. this is getting kind of good. Uh, Werner Krauss it plays the title character, a sinister hypnotist who travels the carnival circuit displaying a, I'm going to try and say this the best I can. If I say it wrong, email us and tell me how much I suck. Uh, homeworkwithfriends at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, some, uh, some, some nam, nambulist. It's like somebody who sleepwalks. Got it. Like, yeah. Like som- somber, essentially, like yeah, slumber. like it goes into like a sleep state and becomes like a zombie. He's a slumber rambler. Yeah, uh, that 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 character's name is uh, Cesare, I believe. Sure, C C S 
C E S A R E. Good fool it is guy. In one tiny German town, a series of murders coincides with Caligari's visit. Uh, when the best friends of hero Fran- when the best friend of hero Francis is killed, the deed seems to be the outgrowth of a romantic rival- rivalry over the hand of the lovely Jane. Oh, yeah. that's the end of the movie. Yeah, I'm looking up. The, <laughs> I, I got some data on the flick right I'm, here. I'm still going, man. I know you're still you're going, interrupting my homework. I'm also gonna say, <laughs> I think you picked a. A solid flick for homework. It's a cool 52 minutes long. Oh, yeah. It's only an hour 17. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the same 52 minutes. Uh, I, I, it just included credits. And oh, shit. director's just, cut. Yeah. Director's cut. Look, it, I was just going based off the the, the one that I watched. <laughs> um, so Francis suspects Caligari, but he is ignored by the police. Investigating on his own, Francis seemingly discovers that Caligari has been ordering the somnambulist to commit the murders, but the story eventually takes a more surprising direction. The narrative returns to the present where Francis concludes his story in a twist ending. Francis is depicted as an asylum, an asylum inmate. Jane and Cesare are patients as well. Jane believes she is a queen while Cesare is not a somnambulist, but alive, quiet and not visibly dangerous. The man Francis considers as Dr. Caligari is an asylum director. Francis attacks him and is restrained in a straitjacket, uh, then placed in the same cell where Dr. Caligari was confined in Francis' story. The director announces that now he understands Francis' delusion. As such, he is confident he can cure him. Huh. Yeah, you got the whole thing? That's the flick? You got the general gist of it? That's the flick? That's the flick. All right. Uh, so the cast, I'm just going to give you the main four. Sure. There's, there's a few more. Uh, Werner Krauss as Dr. Caligari. Ooh. Conrad Veidt as Cesare. Frederick Francis as Francis. <laughs> Stretch for that guy. Lil, Lil Dagover as Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Dagover? <laughs> Lil Dagover. They let that motherfucker in the movie? Lil Dagover. <laughs> okay. Uh, writers, <laughs> <laughs> writers Jano, Janowitz and Mayer were both pacifists who met following World War One. Whoa! Uh, the experience of this left both men resentful of the military and authority. Janowitz, having served as an officer, met Mayer, who feigned madness to avoid the war, resulting in extensive examination by a military psychiatrist in June two thousand or June nineteen eighteen. Hmm. About 100 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Time flies. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they thought that uh, two guys would just be sitting <laughs> on a couch talking about their freaking movie. All right. Here's some riveting content for you. Uh, Janovitz and Mayer wrote a script over a six-week period during the winters of 1918 to, ni- to 1919. Okay. So, so, you know, like November to freaking February. That is, those are the That's months. That's not six months, but close enough. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting for the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. You gotta get to the... What do you re- want me to get to? Your review of it. This is a report, dude. <laughs> you told me to do a report. You don't got your, th- your like thoughts and themes on it and stuff. I do. I'm getting to it. I've been talking for like six minutes. I get 20 minutes. I have a lot of 20 minutes of time. <laughs> This is exactly what you wanted done. 
Uh, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> it is a report. <laughs> you said write a report. Yeah. That's what I did. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not. It's not I'm not being a critique. <laughs> Uh, shooting for the cabinet of Dr. Calgary <laughs> began at the end of December 1919 and concluded at the end of January 1920. How many months is that? The 13. <laughs> <laughs> it was shot entirely in a studio without any exterior shots, which was unusual for films of this time, Ooh. but dictated by the decision to give the film an expressionist visual style. Ooh. The extent to which Mayer and Janowitz participated during the filming is disputed. Janowitz claims the duo repeatedly refused to allow any changes to the script during production, and Palmer, I don't know who these people are, I just found it and wrote about it, (laughs) claimed Mayer was on the set uh, uh, for every day of filming, but Herman, Herman Vorn, Varn, Varm, claimed they were never present for any of the shooting or involved in any discussions during production. Nobody Mm. knows what happened. Well, nobody even knows who made this movie, it just appeared. Huh. And it's, it's now like, it's one of the best. It's like the Ring DVD. Maybe someday VHS. Was it a VHS or a DVD? It was a VHS at the time. Okay, but I think I think the reboot's a DVD. <laughs> Why don't they just break it in half? <laughs> <laughs> Caligari premiered at the Marmor House Theater in Berlin on February 26, nineteen twenty, less than one month after it was completed. Whoa, Woo. doing work. Caligari was released at a time when foreign film industries had just started easing restrictions on the imports of German films following World War One. Yeah, well, that was about to go away again pretty soon. Yep, pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> the film was acquired by American Distribution, uh, the Goldwyn Distributing Distributing Company, and had its American premiere at the Capitol Theater on April 3rd, 1921. For the technical aspects of the film, it seemed quite similar to other movies of its time, it has no color, no sound, just an orchestra playing, and uses a lot of wide-angle shots and some close-ups of actors' reactions, <laughs> stuff like that. Well, so Dalton, you want Dalton's themes? I, I, yeah, man. <laughs> Dalton's themes, baby. Uh, reality versus perception is a major theme in this. Mm. Uh, you get it. It's kind of like a. If I were to equate it to some modern movies, a lot of Leo movies, uh, Inception, Shutter Island, it's kind of like you're not, you, you're not sure what's real and what's not. You, okay. It's, it's left up to the audience a little bit. Uh, authoritarianism. Mm. And that's so I found in researching that when they were writing it, they kind of based uh, the, the character of Dr. Caligari off of the German regime. And the the um, somnambulist is supposed to represent like the soldiers who who just blindly follow uh, the, their orders. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, ideological brainwashing, the same stuff that I just said. <laughs> <laughs> Madness of the storyteller. Uh, so yeah, the whole time you're following the, this narrator who you see at the beginning of the film on a park bench, and and you think, oh, this is a normal friggin' guy. <laughs> but then at the end, you see him a little, a little crazy boy. Wait, did, did you come up with the name of that theme? What? The Did you come up with the name of that theme? Yeah, I actually did. The Madness of the Storyteller. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <No>, good. <laughs> and then uh, Sleeping and Dreaming are two big, <laughs> two big themes here. Sorry, that one wasn't as creative. <laughs> <laughs> and Identity. 
Ooh. Yeah. All these themes I found were, were from the struggles the writers were facing throughout their lives post-war. Uh, uh, these are stuff that they all had going. So uh, Mayer had a lot of, he was a crazy person, or at least he pretended to be, and actually got put through the rigmarole by by the army. And like had so much test done, like testing done on him, they probably became crazy. Yeah, um, still made a good movie. The authoritarianism and and uh, identity uh, tie into Janovitz, uh, which just he was an officer and he had to see a whole bunch of bad stuff and and just hated hated all the governments hmm. because of it. I'm speaking for him. <laughs> you can't really correct me. <laughs> <laughs> so I. Uh, capped off some literary elements uh it's set in germany narrated and from the point of view of francis our hero and soon to be crazy person at the end uh tone of moods surreal dreamlike psychological uh your protagonist is francis your antagonist is dr caligari Ooh. All right, now we get into D, 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 big old D's opinions. Okay, yeah, here's, here's what you sign up for, baby. Uh, oh, that so. was, I think that was the last baby of the show. I think that was that was baby number two. Let's hope. <laughs> so, as as somebody who appreciates film, mm. uh, I don't often dive into silent films because they're boring. <laughs> so very boring. Um, that's true as if as but a it's film it is, major myself i have not watched a lot uh but it is great to to see uh you can see so many like stylistic choices that uh that are still used today and it was i actually very much enjoyed watching it um it being so quick made it nice uh but overall it's like if you were somebody who appreciates film, it's a cool movie to see. You're going to see a lot of stuff that was, like, revolutionary for that time. Uh, a lot of, like, all the set pieces, like, slanted floors and walls and, um, like, the – even though it's in black and white, like, you can tell there's, like, weird coloring and tints yeah. to things. Um, the choice of story is just completely unlike anything they had going on there. It's, it, it's like um, – trying to think of the best way to say this uh it's like seeing some i'm i I got not i I messed that whole thing (laughs) so it's taking notes on that one right now (laughs) it's like seeing for the equivalent of our generation the best way i can i can make sense of this is for them it was like us watching pulp fiction for like the first time oh just super genre breaking yes yes genre breaking and like so many new stylistic choices that no one had ever seen before and just ultimately created an entire new genre of film yeah german expressionism right and if you can yeah if you can push through that or like the boring parts of it um (laughs) like the the fact that it's silent yeah and that is black and white and just like it's not gonna be what you're used to if if you don't watch these movies frequently which i don't know why you would (laughs) (laughs) um you can you can appreciate a lot of stuff from it. So while I still don't think I still think Rotten Tomatoes is dumb and it should not be number six on any list yeah. of, of top movies of all time because once you could talk in movies, <laughs> everything <Yeah>. was immediately <laughs> better. Um, I do I do recommend it. I think that uh, if you are looking for a new experience when it comes to to film watching, you should give it a try. Uh, it's only like uh, like three bucks on iTunes, you know. 
Go for it. Go for it. Yo, this list is crazy. The Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. Can you read some of it? Yeah, so yeah. I, I, don't I, just I gotta sound pull like it up. I, I don't like, just sound like a Rotten Tomatoes hater. Well, it's just, it's all over the place, and it, it it has just such a weird bias towards the most recently well-reviewed movies, and, and then the oldest reviewed movies. It's missing so many important movies. So we go, E.T., so from 10 down to 1, or yeah. 10 up to 1, we go E.T., Moonlight, All About Eve, Inside Out, <laughs> Cabinet Dr. Caligari, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah, that was a ludicrous the one. The Third Man, Get Out, Citizen Kane, and The Wizard of Oz. Now, there's not, They're all good movies. Not a single bad movie in that bunch. No, there I, isn't. Some, I, some newer movies that I really do enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I love... I, like, when you, when you have movies that are so culturally, culturally impactful, like, uh, like a Moonlight... An inside out, uh, get out, those things uh, that makes sense to me. That's like that a, they would they be, need to be like in a league of their own. Yes, like uh, a modern. Yes, a modern like top. Or and also nuance it a but, little bit, like animated, and then. But Mad Max Fury Road. People love Mad Max. Why? It was voted. It's, the re- it's a really cool top movie. Australian film of all time. It's a really cool movie, but like, is it really good? I think people really like it. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I, I I think it's pretty good. It's like a. For me, now some this might make some people mad. It's a really good Fast and the Furious movie. Just a <gasps> lot of cool action. Whoa, Dolly's hot take. <laughs> Just a lot of cool action and very awesome uh, shots and set pieces and and uh, I guess like fine acting. Like Charlotte, 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 I can't even say it. Charlize, Charlize Theron, Theron. Uh, is really good in it. But Tom Hardy does he really have to stretch to act in that role? It's just a lot of grunting. It's not even like that's not the point of that role, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I just don't... Well, and this is now the Mad Max podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm with you. I know. It's not. It's an odd pick. It's in rare company to be a, the film it is around the other ones it is, for sure. Yes. And it'd be at number five. Number five. To be... Mad Max is just one, two, three, three spots away from Citizen Kane. Not to dive into, like, a film high horse, but you don't have... You don't have uh, Citizen Kane on there. You don't have Casablanca. Citizen Kane is number two on there. Oh, did you say that? I yeah. Don't, I don't remember what you said. I thought, you, <laughs> I thought you said number two was Get Out. No, number three is Get Out. <laughs> okay. Uh, you don't have Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, you have nothing with Brando. Why do you have a top ten and have nothing with Brando? Nothing he's ever done. Eh. I'm way over on Brando. <laughs> we got a Brando hater over here. <laughs> We're taking an odd turn right now. <laughs> this just became, now you just got a little insight into hanging what out in the actually, living room. This is actually what we do. <laughs> um, and honestly, it would not be out of the question for us to pull up a Rotten Tomatoes list and talk about all 100 of them. <laughs> but we ain't going to do that for you listeners out there. Is, is that the homework? What? Did you do the homework? Is it? Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. Hey. If you have any questions, but. What? No, I'm not, not too many. It was a thorough report. Thank you. Uh, did you do your top 10? Oh my God. I forgot about that. <gasps> that's okay. I think that was kind of more of extra credit. I, I'm so sorry, guys. I completely th- forgot about it. How about. Put a pin in it. I'll make it this week and I'll, I'll, I'll read it off just t- at the top of next week. Yeah, we'll do that at the top. And I, you know what? I'll do mine. Cool. Yeah, that'll hey, work. Hey, this is yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that, guys. Happy little accidents everywhere. All right. Yeah. Uh, on my homework. Yeah. Whoa. 
Uh, and I must warn you, this is something that I actually know a decent amount about. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess Dr. Caligari I know a lot about, yeah. too, as far as just from Level the playing field this time around. Ooh, no, this is this is crazy <laughs> competitive, everyone. <laughs> so my homework for this past week was to uh, do some research on the most haunted spots in Chicago and come up with my list of the top five haunted spots. And there was extra credit assigned, but it was a busy weekend, and we're both working men, so we couldn't get to it to actually go do a ghost tour. I was a little bit bummed out. I kind of wanted to do it. Yeah, kind of kind of fudged up, but much like the top ten list, we're just going to have to put a pin in that one and save it for like a Halloween special or something yeah. like that. But, hey, we got the ideas flowing out there, guys. If you want to pitch in a little bit to send us on this ghost tour, <laughs> Venmo, Logan, yeah, instead Yeah, instead of alcohol for next week, send us on a ghost tour. <laughs> So, uh, without further ado, it's time to get into my homework, and I got some special effects to play over here. Oh my god, every goddamn time. Chicago, Illinois. The Windy City. A city built on gangsters. A fire. And those great Chicago Cubs. <laughs> Today, <laughs> today on homework. Oh, the music stopped. <laughs> That's all. I'll keep going for you. But <laughs> it's time to come back. Today, <laughs> we dive into the most haunted spots of Chicago. This is Logan's Ghost Mysteries. <laughs> I'm Aaron Mankey, and this is Lord. <laughs> All right, yeah, a little bit of theatrical yeah. stuff there for you, but um, yeah, I, I, I did a few, I did a lot of research on this one. Okay, I watched several YouTube videos. YouTube videos. I went on a lot of websites, uh, both tourist websites, and then also, you remember like those websites they would teach you how to make in like middle school? Yeah, that's like, like every ghost hunter. Website. Yeah, like the HTML yeah. websites yeah. is basically just like a word doc with hyperlinks. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was, I clicked on more than those than I care to share. Um, just to go and do a little bit of my research methods on it, um, and I have got some notable omissions at the top. You just Google search history, Chicago ghosts. Chicago ghosts, <laughs> who's the scariest? Um, so I was going for what what scared me, like what would actually kind of get me a little bit scared. Yeah. Uh, I was going for <laughs> historical significance. I was kind of going for like bang for your buck. Like is this like a really haunted place or is it just like kind of scary? Yeah. Uh, and then for the, mo- and also frequency of how much they popped up on people's list. I didn't want to omit something cause it was too popular. There's mm. like a, there's a couple I put on here that I was like, I guess I got to put this on. It's such a, it's such a big one for the city. Yeah. Um, so without further ado, time to get into my top five haunted Chicago. Let's hear it. All right. So I got a few honorable mentions up top. I got Graceland Cemetery. That is a cemetery that's really close to us. I was trying to find something really close to where we're Wait, is at. that right over? Yeah, over that. Yeah, you can't see us. On Irving Park? I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, it's on Clark. Oh, on Clark. Yeah, I think. Oh, my God. Uh, by Irving Park. It's, it's near there. Uh, <laughs> so, But there's like just a lot of dumb, like, oh, that statue might have moved kind of stuff. Yeah. There. I'm, like, I'm over it. Um, there's a ton of haunted pub crawls in the town. What? Yeah. Let's like do that instead. Yeah, right? But there's uh, here's the thing with those. It's always like somebody killed themselves in this yeah. pub, and now they play play pranks on the waitstaff. And I was like, "It's not scary." And uh, like, what? Do you, uh, and the the tours are like 
are you supposed to get scared with a thousand people in a bar? Just being shoulder drunk. to shoulder, yeah. <laughs> Wasted. And like you get to have a bloody Mary. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, whatever on that. So I, I went for some just actual uh ghosty stories. So I'm gonna start off number one. Here's a spooky story. It's called Resurrection Mary. I've ever looked this one up before, but it's the the site is Resurrection Cemetery. Yeah. And basically the idea is there's this cemetery and there's a road near it. Where occasionally this hitchhiking, fair-haired lass will ask for a ride. Mm-hmm. She'll get in. She'll say that she was uh, with her boyfriend for the night and they got into a fight and she needs a ride home. And she has to get dropped off yeah. at Resurrection Cemetery. And she says that's her home and she disappears. I've heard of this. That's scary, man. That's terrifying. Ooh, I didn't like that. Is she hot? Yeah, man. Um, I'll, go, I'll go pick up Resurrection Mary. But apparently it's been happening since the 30s. There's a ton of sightings of it. Um, I don't really know if there's a ton of like people that go out there and try to find it. Are or there whatever. any recent sightings? Uh, not that I could find. Okay. Uh, it seems like it's pretty sporadic. It's more just like a folklore thing right now. But yeah. as far as like scary stories go, that one's pretty scary. And here's time for like a little bonus thing. So for each one of these, I wrote a little haiku to sum them up. So we could all remember them, even at home. Ready? Wait. Nice girl hitchhiker. Just wants to go home. Turns out, she's dead. (laughs) (laughs) All right, on to the next one. Uh, I did H.H. Holmes Murder House. The murder mansion. Obviously. Um, so it doesn't show up on that many lists as being super duper haunted, mm-hmm. but as far as like a scary, eerie place to be, yeah, it, it don't sign me up. Um, <laughs> so if you don't know, H. H. Holmes is the Devil in the White City. It's and, a book. Read it. Uh, yeah, it was scary stuff. So basically, he uh, started this hotel um, that had like boarding rooms in it and some shops in the bottom. This was all in the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. He did all this before the age of 35. Props to this guy. He was like a like a legendary con artist. Yeah, he was a schemer. Yeah. He was a yeah. schemer. His first arrest was for scheming. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, he had kind of a front downstairs, and then upstairs, this guy was just wilding out, having all these traps and configurations locking these women up. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty nuts. He would. Uh, he found that I did some research on one of those uh, HTML websites, but it said evidence would later found that Holmes used some of the rooms as a fix- asphyxiation chambers. Where the victims suffocated with gas, other chambers were lined with iron plates and had blowtorch-like devices fitted into the walls. In the basement, Holmes installed a dissecting table and maintained his own crematory. Uh, there was also an acid vat in pits filled with quicklime where the bodies could be con- conveniently disposed of. Uh-huh. This guy's wild and out. Yeah. I don't want to like step on your homework at all. I don't care. But, so... In his time there, he did a lot of the. He like was super protective about the the plans for the architecture. He like designed the whole thing by himself, uh-huh. and he would just like, I believe from what I remember, just show like little pieces that he needed built to the people, like all the construction workers, and like never show them the whole plans. And, Whoa, like, there was just endless like hidden rooms and passageways, and like nobody knew it except for him. The entire like. Nobody knew the way around the whole place except for him. Yeah, but he also, I guess he had one accomplice, uh, an actress named Missy. Oh, yes. Yeah, Came yeah, yeah. to the fold who seems like she knew a little bit about it, but yeah. it was one of those, they were a little Bonnie and Clyde. She was like the girl from season last season of Dexter. Yeah, she really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and also, you know, she, it kind of went downhill once she came around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, not as fun when it she wasn't was wasn't as good as a show. Season people. four of The Murder Mansion was really the best season. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> with, the, with the Trinity Killer. Yeah. <laughs> the Murder Mansion. <laughs> that, was okay. when, that was when he was in his Trinity Killer face. Yeah, this is a little extra deep cuts for you guys. <laughs> um, uh, so, basically, so where it's kind of haunted today... It was torn down, and in 1938, a uh, U.S. post office was erected there. And uh, many say they can hear screams of victims of the ghosts. Uh, it's tainted by death and bloodshed that occurred on the spot. Um, people would, like, walk across the street not to go near it just because mm-hmm. they knew the reputation. This was published everywhere. The Chicago paper actually published the diagrams of the murder rooms. People weren't holding back back then. Yeah, I think journalism was lawless those days. It's pretty wild. And then I guess like even to this day, there's reports of dogs stopping and barking at the building. Um, those poochies are they're scared. They could probably smell. He is supposedly murdered over 200 people, right? In his life, it was a lot. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know the exact. I don't know number. if that's just in the murder house or throughout because he was like scheming and killing people until he got to Chicago. But yeah, 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 he killed a lot. There's a lot of murders outside of the murder yeah. mansion. So overall, there's some cold spots in that post office. Don't make me go there. And here's my little haiku. <laughs> I'll get my stamp somewhere else. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, return to sender. <laughs> <laughs> and here's my little haiku about Let's the murder home. Psycho guy kills girls. Built a whole mansion for it. Kind of impressive. <laughs> uh, but there's a movie about this coming out. Yeah, with old Leo. Yeah, so you're welcome for the plug, Leo. Pay us, yeah. pay us some other time. <laughs> ben Mois. Uh This next one's kind of a quick one, but this one is uh, Marina City. Okay. You know Marina City? I actually don't. I don't. I'll get into the story, but I don't think I know this one. So Marina City, uh, it's those, the, they're known as kind of the honeycombs downtown, those big towers. Oh, yes. yes yeah, yes, yeah, yes. where all the cars look terrifyingly parked out on the edge or whatever. Yeah, hor- like, I don't like those buildings at all. So that was built in the 60s at the height of white flight uh, as a way for having like an all-inside city within the city. Yes. Thus, Marina City. Um, but here's the scary thing that started happening, and it started at the construction of the site. Three people died during the construction of the Marina Towers, and outside of that, uh, within the towers, <clears throat> uh, there's several murders and multiple suicides because it's such a giant building and you can so easily access off of it. To where this place has been like stained with death, and people even speculate that it's because of the weird geometry of it that. Brings in evil spirits because it's all in a circle and yeah, all there's no right angles in the building, so it's all like pentagram stuff. And people are like, "There's there's evil spirits within uh-huh. here." Uh, and here's the other scary thing. Here's the plot twist. Okay, all these deaths, all the murders, all the suicides, all took place in just the East Tower. Whoa, none took place in the West Tower. Not a single one. Nope. That's crazy. So the three construction worker deaths, all the suicides, and the murders. All East Tower. What do you think is under the East Tower? What's under the East Tower? <laughs> uh, I don't like to even look at those buildings. They make me uncomfortable. They look gross. Yeah. And they look and scary. terrifying. Like, I was like, who would live there? Yeah, and so, it, you know, people report all types of things. Shadow figures there, cold spots. It's going to be kind of a theme for all of these. So, if you're moving to Chicago and you're moving into Marina City, go West Tower. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> All right, so here's my uh, here's my little haiku for this one. This this sound effect's called hell, so I don't know what's going to happen. 
Ooh, this is scary. Yeah. Ugh, I'm getting kind of scared over here. Just listen to this. Honeycomb terror. Some people leave, some do not. Because racism. <laughs> I forgot to mention before I got to Haiku that one of the YouTube videos that I watched uh, with the white flight thing or whatever, yeah. uh, the, the guy speculated it was like because of the sins of the city and how they were uh, abandoning their urban roots and making the city within the city that it's cursed because of it. Yeah, they probably deserve it. Yeah, so they're there for it because racism. All right, on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we at? Uh, number I four. That was, okay. Number four. Um, so this one is the capsizing of the Eastland steamer. All right. Have you ever heard of this one? I think so. Yeah. So it was his boat, uh, and it capsized. Let's see here. I'll just read the description that I found online. Uh, the capsizing of the Eastland steamer in Chicago is one of the worst boating disasters of all time. As the gigantic ship made its way toward Michigan City, a horrible accident caused the ship to tip over. Out of the estimated 3,200 people who were on board, the final death tally reached 835. The mystery of why exactly the boat tipped over was never solved. Hmm. Yeah. So, lots of people died there. Did you Did you look up any theories of why it got tipped over? No, because I don't think there was any supernatural theories. I think there was like a lot of mechanical errors. Yeah. And I remember I went to the Chicago History Museum and there's like, there's a few things that just mainly talk about like the mechanics of what happened. Mm-hmm. The real ghastly stuff comes with all the death. So people say there's a monument to it on the Clark Street Bridge, which is over yeah. the Chicago River or whatever. And it uh, people say that they can hear screaming and stuff like that and mm-hmm. all the wailing and cold spots. <laughs> so many freaking cold spots. So many cold spots out Nobody there. takes into account that it's just Chicago. It's just cold. It gets down to two degrees. Man, there's a lot of ghosts here in the winter. Um but the real scary thing is, uh, all the dead, since it was so many at once, were taken to an armory building mm. in Chicago, and it was turned into a makeshift morgue, and that's oh, where a no. majority of them passed away or were, you know... Uh, so a lot of them just died put, there. Put to rest. Yeah. I think they were already dead, but yeah, a ton of them were like children, women, But their men. spirit had not left their body. Their spirit had not left a body. They should, they should, have, let it, they should have let it leave their body on the ocean, so then they wouldn't have to deal with this. But guess why everybody thinks it's so haunted? Why? Is because, so that same morgue was demolished. Boom, cut. But trapped all the spirits within there. Guess what got built up? What got built up? Oprah's studio. Oh, no. Harpo Studios, I think, where Oprah shoots her shows. Got built up on top of it. The crew says that place is haunted as hell. Oprah bought a, built a haunted studio? Yeah, Oprah built a haunted studio. <laughs> she crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so people said that they could hear, uh, they can hear like kids wailing and screaming. They can hear like passenger, like everybody just like all the reports that I could see. And there was a bunch yeah. of National Enquirer reports at the time saying that there was, it's like a haunt, like Oprah's set is haunted. Turns out uh, old Oprah just built a second murder house. Yeah. <laughs> those aren't ghost screams you're hearing. <laughs> no, those are real. Um, so yeah, that's that that's one of the haunted ones out Whoa. there. And the scariest part they say there's one specific ghost. Every time there's a specific ghost, I get very scared because that's kinda scary. Yes. Uh but there's the gray lady who lurks the hallways and she's just got a long gray uh dress and she doesn't say anything. Ugh. That doesn't sound too bad. I'd hate to see it. If she like came up and, and like screamed at you and stuff, that'd be more scary. All right, you ready for the next haiku? Yeah. All right, this uh, this sound effect is called Demon Spawn. That sounds like a cow. 
Oh, it, it kind of just ended too. Maybe Poltergeist. No, Ghost. Sad boat accident. No one knows why it happened. Eh, fuck with Oprah. <laughs> oh God. Oh my God! Stop! I hate these. I'm. I... Stop doing them. You're you're choosing to do it. I know, but they're kind of cool, aren't they? No. <laughs> the listeners at home, tweet at us at Homework Pod. Love those sound effects, Logan. Love those sound effects, Logan. Keep it up. Just kidding. They're stupid, baby. <laughs> Ooh, I like the little baby burn at the end. <laughs> All right, you ready for my last one? Yeah. All right, this is the number one haunted place in Chicago. Number one? Uh, it's number one. So out of the five, <laughs> uh, this one shows up on the most lists. Uh, I think because it's more quantity than quality. Uh, but it's the Congress Plaza Hotel. Okay. It's a landmark of downtown. Uh, it's close to a ton of the monuments, Art Institute, and all that kind of stuff. Specific address, please. I, um, I, dude, I'm not going to dox it on this podcast, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it uh, basically, it's notorious for having just a ton of like randomly locked rooms within it. Locked from the outside rooms with these giant padlocks. I saw some pictures of it. It's kind of creepy. Uh, for it still being a function, and the staff just doesn't say anything about it, no, or do anything about it. They don't. They do it, or they they've just been locked forever. They've just been locked. Nobody opens it. No. How could you work there and not and open it? And the scary it? thing is, the scariest part about this hotel. What? It's only got two star rating on Google reviews. Two star? No, I'm just kidding. It's oh. got more than that, and that's the real haunting of it. <laughs> um, no, but so much like a lot of these places, this hotel. Um, it was, uh, well, not like a lot of these places, but a lot of suicides took place in it. Yeah. Um, a lot of deaths and murders took place in it. There's reports of, as it was being constructed, people died during the construction of it. Um, all in all, a lot of death surrounded this building. It was built for the World's Fair, uh, that took place in Chicago. Uh, H.H. Holmes reportedly actually met with victims there and then took them back to the murder mansion. Okay. So he kind of used it to fish people out of. Um, and there's honestly just like countless reports of people, uh, feeling unease in the hotel. A lot of reports of, uh, random voices. Uh, there's a reports of a few different spirits. Um, there's a, they call them the, the one-legged hobo, which is not mm. a very 2018 term. Hey, I'm a one-legged hobo. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all he says. Yeah. Um, there's reports of, uh, yeah, one-legged hobo who, uh, lurks the halls. Um, there's a report of a little boy who just shows up and I, I think like just, that one. just wants to play and he's, but you'll see him kind of everywhere, just in the distance, always just looking at you. Uh. Um, yeah, it's really scary. Freaking and then weirdo. the scariest part of it is outside of some other reports of there's like an, apparently a mysterious missing floor there too, or that, something. What does like. that mean? I don't know. People are just saying like, there's a secret floor in like the hotel. There's just like a phantom floor. The phantom floor. Yeah. Um, and then there's also room 441. Boom. Which was apparently inspiration for the film Room 1408, also a short story yeah. by Stephen King. Uh, so Room 441, where basically there is a spirit in there, a shadow figure of a woman who is reported to either stare at you while you're sleeping, uh, she will attack you while you're sleeping, uh, or sometimes people have even reported having the sheets ripped off of them while they're there. But they Do still... people go stay there for that? People kind do. Thrill, so, and yeah. in, in, uh, before I get into my final haiku, which will end my homework, yeah. here's some of my thoughts on all my research that I've done. You know, stuff is scary. People die everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer. You'd like to think that there's spirits doing something. 
hopefully the more sympathetic of us are hoping that it's not just hanging around a hotel. <laughs> um, but also, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. But I think a lot of this is just built up in people's heads. <laughs> and in fact, I mean, I, I went on a few websites to try to find people who had been to this hotel specifically. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, there's like one kind of nauseating BuzzFeed article about it, about these uh, two young women who went to the hotel to to like to like find the ghosts and yeah. like show these apps and they're like I was scared AF and it was just like uh, I think I, I think it's spooky and I would be spooked inside of that scenario but yeah. all in all I don't think I, I don't buy it 100% maybe we gotta go stay in room 441 for a night if I was gonna do any of these I wanna find that resurrection cemetery girl cause she would she'd hang out in the car for a little bit we'd have to drop yeah, her she, off she'd have a chat with you we'd, we'd ask her some questions <laughs> <laughs> hey what do you do? Why don't you go somewhere else? <laughs> and also, like, Shadow Lady, here's the deal. In Congress Plaza, yeah. it's, it sucks to get the sheets ripped off of you while you're sleeping. It does. But is it that scary? No. Because also, if you know it's coming, like, you know this is her game, wouldn't you just be like, hey! Hey! Uh, also, uh, Resurrection Rachel? Mary. Yeah. Um, junior boyfriend break up? <laughs> <laughs> You single? <laughs> all right. So that's my final on the list. All in all, Chicago's a haunted place. There's a lot of stuff. I really want to get out there and check it out. And here is my final haiku. Spooky Stuff Hotel. Ghost just wants some sleep and sex. Probably made up. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> that's one way to give your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that's my homework. All right. That's pretty good. Thank you, sir. uh, Everything I wanted. Whoa. I can't complain. Everything I wanted. Everything I wanted. (laughs) Yeah. So that takes us to one last little portion of this show we call Homework with Friends. And that is... Uh, Grades. The the grades. grades. Well, there's a second portion. There's a last portion. There's one little last portion. So uh, we will get to grades just here in a second. As a quick refresher on grades, we're graded on four categories. Accuracy, effort, quality, and something we call whoa, which wow. is how surprised or excited somebody gets about the information they learned. Yes. And we'll be back with grades in just one millisecond. All right, and we're back with grades. Oh, yeah, grades. All right, head of the class, take the reins. You can go first. <laughs> I think I get to decide that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you, what do you want All to right, do? All right, I'll go first. Okay. Okay. High week. High week for you. Oh, really? Yeah. Whoa. Uh, accuracy. Okay. I hit you with a 22. Ooh. I think you could have been a bit more detailed. Yeah. In your stuff. Um, I was trying to be speedy. Overall, yeah, I get it. You gotta, you gotta quickly get through the stuff. <laughs> all the nonsense. Quality. Uh, hit you with another 22. Okay, 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 okay. 20, 22. Okay, okay. Um, I don't have much to say about it. It was good. It's a good grade. <laughs> Everett 22 Whoa. 22's baby 22's across the board as Christopher Big Black Boykin once said 22's <laughs> that was in reference to his uh, biceps on Robin Big yeah cause they were 22 inches around that is correct circumference. Yes, <laughs> that's big <laughs> I think uh, Hulk Hogan's were only 18 yeah what a baby okay what was what was that effort? Yeah, <laughs> we're on the whoa, on the whoa. I um, so whoa, I hit you with a twenty-two. 
21. That's a big woe. That's a big woe. What is the woe for? Uh, the woe was for, um, the honeycomb story and the hotel story, mostly. Oh. Um, I didn't know about either of those. Not the, uh, haikus? And the haiku, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> also the haiku. The haikus were really funny. <laughs> okay. I, was, I put a lot in those haikus. <laughs> I, was, I was really banking on those haikus being my woe factor this time. So, uh, that puts you at an 87 out of 100. Oh, nice. Very like big that. turnaround. A, a 12 point turnaround, I believe, from last Yeah, last that's a big one for yeah. me. All right, Dalton. Ready for your grades? Yes. Might be time for you to dust off that dunce cap. Okay. <laughs> uh, accuracy, give me a 25. You nailed it. You got it. And, in fact, I know I, I, I ribbed you a little bit during the report, but you were, you were very thorough on it. Well, yeah. I thought that was a homework. I guess it wasn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> and here's the thing where we just didn't communicate. <laughs> uh, quality, give me a 20. Okay. It was a solid 20. I mean, yeah. there's no way you didn't watch the movie. There's no way you didn't give a report. Uh, uh, but yeah it was it was all there um effort i'm gonna give you another 20 on it okay uh no real critique to be honest just didn't blow me away too much on anything Mm -hmm. Uh, but also i kind of said you have to fail it's watching a movie Mm -hmm. you know what i mean uh and i'm gonna give you i'm getting you a, a 15 on whoa whoa yeah that's low it's a little low. Yeah. It's not that low. I mean, the uh, your total score is an 80. Yeah. So that's not bad. That's not bad. It's a B minus. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you did better than B minus. Uh, if you feel like Don did better than B minus, uh, tweet at us at Homer Pod. Really trying to get engagement <laughs> up. Uh, but nothing, I mean, nothing crazy. I didn't know some of the backstory stuff with the guys, mm-hmm. for sure. I, I, I kind of knew everything about, like, the movies analysis and stuff just yeah. from, like, uh, school yeah um and but honestly the ron tomatoes list was a, a little woe fact for me that was that was some good stuff yeah yeah so hey boom look at this dethroned logan is the head of the class i'm done get over it <laughs> uh all right so that's bring us uh brings us to a little thing we call next week's homework that is what we call it. <laughs> yeah, they put too many segments into this thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So next week, you guys, we've got a wedding. We have a wedding in a couple days here. Uh, Robbie, if you're listening before the wedding, A, probably get to some wedding stuff. B, uh, we're excited to come see you. Yeah. So uh, super fan Robbie Yankish is getting married this weekend. So we're going to be going to Ohio to and, uh, uh, view the nuptials. Yes. I believe his Twitter handle is Robbie Rocks. So tweet at him. Congra- yeah. Congrats to Robbie. And uh, what we're going to be doing is making a little bit of a wedding themed episode. Wedding themed. We're going to be recording this probably on uh, next Tuesday. So we'll have a lot of wedding stories to talk about. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do some wedding themed homework. You ready for yours? Yeah, yeah. Maybe so, maybe. if you didn't know, Dalton is, uh, fancies himself an, an amateur couples and family therapist. <laughs> <laughs> That's my backup plan. Backup plan is to get into uh, uh, caring over relationships. So, what I would like you to do, Dalton, okay, is I would like you to test out your skills. Okay. I want you to get in touch with a married couple. I know some of those. Which at our age, we know a handful yeah. that are some good friends. And uh, see if they're willing to talk to them about 
any problem that they might have and okay. see if you can offer a little advice. Okay. So wow. here's a couple of things. Just add to some parameters. Um, do a little research on what couples and family therapists do. Yes. Uh, and try to apply it to the best of your ability. And a brief disclaimer to out there, anyone listening, don't go to amateurs for help. Go to professionals. Yeah, don't. If you, if you need for real help, this is for the sake of entertainment. Uh, also, come to me, baby. But also, come to Dalton. I'll help you work some stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you know what I'm saying. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> We're going to have a doozy of a Tuesday next week. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now it's your homework. Mm-hmm. So... Going along with the wedding theme. Yeah. I want you to do something that every little boy does in his head. I know. I, I think I got an idea. Every little boy does this. Oh, yeah. From the age of three <laughs> all the way to now. <laughs> I want you to design me your perfect wedding. Oh, wow. I, I really, this, is kind of, this is actually pretty exciting. I want this to be detailed. Okay. Um, I want ideal, I'm just going to rattle off some stuff and you'll have to, and then tag on anything you want to. Sure. So ideal number of guests, uh, size of wedding party, uh, attire that you would maybe like to have, maybe some colors for, you don't have to pick out bridesmaid dresses. I assume you weren't, you, you would be as unqualified as I am. I know my place on that one, pal. But, uh, maybe colors that you would like your like suits or touches to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want you to, to maybe drink menu, what you would ideally have. Normally people do like a, like a couple wines, a couple liquors and beer. I'll do the research one, man. Uh, reception, types of food, um, just you go everything. into it. Yeah, just every, everything right. you can get me. Challenge accepted. All right. Hey, so that does it for another week of Homework with Friends. That's another week in the books. Hey, I like this episode, man. This I like this one, too. This is fun. I, was, I like most of them. I like most of them too. I was coming in this one low energy, and I got I, I snapped out of it right away. That's the magic of homework with friends. Magic of homework with friends, and maybe podcasting. I bet more often than not, podcasters you listen to are coming in grumpy, and they got to snap grumpy, out of it. And they just got to do it. Uh, but one last thing, sure. We forgot. We normally do this at the top of the podcast. Hopefully, you're still with us. Yeah. But our sponsor for this week was our previous guest, Ryan Stover. Yeah, he he sent us both uh, nine dollars. Yes, and he wanted us to get Zima mm. or parentheses whatever whatever you want. <laughs> uh, I'm we're sorry, Ryan. We, we could find we it. couldn't find Zima. Like it was limited run last year. So. Yeah. Uh, instead, we decided to just take it as a nice gift. I got myself uh, a, a clearanced out cab at the Jewel Osco. I got a um, Pacifico Clara. Uh, it's, a, it's a Mexican beer. Yeah. So if you'd like to sponsor us, you can uh, Venmo us. Mm-hmm. I'm Logan Lukacs. Uh, Lukacs spelled L-U-K-A-C-S. Uh, Dalton Lee. That's it. That's how it's spelled. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate you. cha <laughs> really, we really appreciate you out there uh, if you want to connect with us homeworkwithfriends at gmail.com uh, or at homeworkpod on twitter and as always uh, do your homework do your homework thanks guys bye